0: Welcome to Changemaking Women, the podcast for women who make a difference, with Siada Baid in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, and Marianne Clements in London, in the UK. Hi and welcome to Changemaking Women, and I'm here tonight at Marianne Clements, broadcasting, podcasting, in fact, from London, in the UK, and I'm here with our guest tonight, who is Madeline Forbes. Hi, Madeline. Hi, Marianne. It's great to have you on the show. So, Madeline, just to let our listeners know, is someone I've been working with for a couple of years now. And uh, she's here. She's going to talk to us a bit about her work, but also um, the choice she's made about how she lives as well. Um, And she's going to tell us also where she is in the world and why she's chosen to live there. So, welcome, Madeline, to tell us a little bit about where in the world you are this evening yeah thank you for
1: having me it's really nice to be here i am uh, here in central portugal so i live uh, right in the middle of the country um right next to a range of mountains called the serra de Estrela, which means the mountains of stars um it's a really beautiful beautiful area um and i've lived here for about four years now um and um the way i live is uh, actually kind of off the grid in some ways mm. um So you hear very different definitions of that. A lot of people say, if you're off the grid, how come you're on the internet? (laughs) (laughs) So the answer is the magic of uh, mobile broadband. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, we have um, solar panels for our electricity. Um, We get our water from the well, which is obviously, we live in the mountains, so it's lovely spring water. Um, And yeah, just really try and live as low impact and sustainable a life as possible, which comes with its own challenges, as I'm sure you can
0: imagine. so I know a little bit about your way of life, Madeline, but I'm interested in like how and why you come to be living there. Cause I know that you don't originally come from that part of the world. So, what what made you choose to live in central portugal and it sounds amazing the mountains of the stars but <laughs>
1: mm. <laughs> yeah so it was actually some some good friends of mine from england um first moved out here about 5 or 6 years ago mm. um to um move onto a a farm that had been abandoned there's quite a lot of um kind of old homesteads here in the hills that people have left for one reason or another um lots of um people from this area have have actually emigrated to to find work and that kind of thing because it's um it's suffered from quite uh some economic difficulties mm-hmm. um, so yeah some friends of mine moved out here to, to start a project and um, I came out and spent a few months with them one summer this was back in 2011 um, along with my husband and we just really really liked it and um, as I'm sure you know lots of us do when you travel somewhere and you, you come home thinking god imagine if we lived there you know I could really mm. live there um and we kept going back there on holiday and having the same conversation (laughs) Mm -hmm. and at some point that morphed into like actually could we live there you know could we actually do this and I think for me it really came at the right point in my life when I was really starting to think a bit harder about the kind of life that I wanted to lead and and what I wanted to stand for so um I guess part of the decision to move out here was also a, a seed being planted for for my work as a change maker or is for the kind of difference that I wanted to make in the world as well
0: mm, mm, interesting um and so so tell us a bit more about that like in, in, I mean I hear that that it that you you you've taken the decision I guess to sort of live off grid quote unquote mm. but like in, in what way does that feel like making a difference and what what's the sort of difference that you feel inspired to make by doing that
1: mm. I mean, I think for me, it's a really, um, it's an ongoing question. Um, Mm. And um, I'm very conscious of the fact that um, it's not as simple as saying, you know, I'm going to kind of get away from it all or or run away from from the city and Mm -hmm. you know live this idyllic lifestyle um because i think that there are actually quite a lot of compromises i made so just as a as a really small example we live somewhere quite remote and therefore i'd probably drive a lot more than i did when i lived in london or you know later Mm -hmm. lived in cambridge and i'd ride my bike everywhere Mm. um so um it's it's definitely not a, a simple um question to to say you know if if this is um you know quote unquote the right thing to be doing um but for me it was very much I wanted to um live somewhere where I could be closer to the land mm-hmm. um and by that I mean I guess more connected to things like where my food comes from um and Um, somewhere where I felt that I could live a a healthier life so both in terms of my mental health and my physical health Um, so for example I I do a lot of walking I do a lot of gardening Um, I don't need to go to the gym (laughs) Mm -hmm. because I get all that physical activity Um, and I also think that um, I feel that I'm part of a a wider movement of people who are, are um, looking at things like having these little small holdings, um, you know, where we can kind of strive to meet as many of our needs as possible um, from within the land that we live on, um, mm-hmm. to me, then that's um, a, a, a really valuable way of living in the world. Um, and I think we're seeing globally this huge trend of people being urbanized and moving into the cities um, and agriculture kind of being taken over by these giant conglomerates. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I, I really. Um, think that that the life of kind of small subsistence farmers is um you know a really important one and really valuable in terms of stewarding the land and of farming in this way that's actually very small and human scaled um so I kind of wanted to, to see if I could be a part of that um and then the other thing I should say is that of course I'm also speaking from a place of great privilege and that I'm able to actually work online and to fund our income so um you know I think that that's actually given me an amazing opportunity that I'm able to earn money to support this this kind of choice that i've made um, and I kind of wanted to see if I could use that to 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 do things differently um, and rather than just kind of looking to to be a part of of making a profit or of kind of growing um, an economy to actually see if I could put that into yeah stewarding a bit of land and, and making a difference even just in my immediate family to to how how we're treating the earth
0: mm. Mm. I love that that you sort of started really really close to home like that and then I um, yeah I'm interested to know like if there's been like in that journey of like have there been difficult bits like what have the challenge has been in terms of choosing that way of life beyond the using the car thing which yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: yes there have definitely been challenges wow I mean I think there's the kind of um some of the kind of comedy of errors of just being a bit of a fish out of water <laughs> just you know getting used to you know really small things like chopping firewood um and yeah being used to kind of getting our our heat from a, a log fire and small things like that which actually for the locals around here is just absolute second nature yeah. um, um and which you know i felt totally like a bumbling kind of um city girl definitely um So, yeah, there's been um, those kinds of challenges, I guess, of just kind of learning the skills that I need to live around here. Um, There's been the challenge of being an immigrant in a different country. So a whole other language to learn um, and, you know, a whole other kind of culture to get to know. Um, And then, I mean, the biggest challenge that we faced recently was just last autumn um, when there was a huge chain of wildfires that swept through Portugal um and my husband and I and our, our son had been living in a um house that uh, wasn't land that we owned but we had been living there for about three years whilst we looked for a place of our own and our house was actually completely destroyed yeah. um so we were back in England at the time we were back from my brother's wedding which was a very happy occasion um and yeah kind of went away for two weeks and then came back to to discover that most of what we owned had been destroyed so I think that would probably be up there with our biggest challenges
0: <laughs> yeah that was pretty serious yeah. I remember at yeah. the time thinking that was a massive thing to have to go through you know hearing you talk about it then and um yeah I think our listeners might be interested to know like how you've recovered from that just something about how you've recovered and because I I felt that you know you really considering what a big deal that feels like to me for like most Mm. of what you own to be to be be gone like how you've bounced back from that has been pretty impressive to me so I'd be interested to hear how it feels for you
1: (laughs) yeah yeah I think there's there's definitely been ups and downs to it um I mean I think our whole community was affected and I mean there were a lot of people who lost their lives both in fires earlier that year and in that same um fire so I think straight away then that put put it all into perspective really um so that we definitely felt that we were lucky um and I think, again, kind of being aware of the support that I have from my family and my friends back in England and the fact that I still had my livelihood because I work remotely. Um, you know, there are people in the village that we live in who lost their farms and, and that's their whole livelihood. That's, you know, everything that they have yeah. um, in terms of their income and, and, you know, what they've worked for during their lives. So I think that really helped to put things into perspective. Um, and then, I mean, in terms of, of coping with it, I I don't I never want to sound like a cliche when I talk about this but I think it's it definitely felt to me like there was a choice you know it was this giant event that I just couldn't there's nothing you can do you know once something like that has happened and and it really felt like I could either choose to be kind of completely swallowed by it or to to choose to say well you know this is an opportunity in some ways um and um yeah and part of that was an opportunity to to quite literally let go of the past and <laughs> mm-hmm. everything
0: in it <laughs>
1: exactly exactly um, and kind of move forward so I think part of me i don't, i mean i'm a writer i'm curious about life, I like having adventures, and I think there was a a part of me that that um was almost observing it from the outside and going wow like this is amazing not many people experience this or it's not something that's not true actually probably in the world lots of people experience this but you know it's it's something a bit out of the ordinary um and um yeah I was able to to get curious about it um and I think I also felt that it um for me it was it was almost a a case of being quite galvanized then about um you know, the change that I do want to be a part of. I think it, it almost repoliticized me a little bit in terms of, of how I want to live out here because um, I think that climate change is making these kinds of extreme events um, mm. more likely and more serious. And, for example, in um, the United States, in California, they also had some um, incredibly devastating wildfires this year. Um, and I really... Had this this strong sense of kind of being on on the front line a little bit of these changes that are happening, um, mm. and having a duty to share that and to talk about that, um, and to try and think about how I can incorporate that into the work I'm doing, and, and try and speak a bit more, or maybe voice the solutions a little bit more.
0: Mm, mm. And I think for um, people listening, because we haven't really spoke about the work that you do, maybe it'd be good to just. To... Just to touch on that a bit, and then I know we do want to talk about um, some some conversations you and I have been having recently as well. So maybe let's just tell people. It'd be good if you could tell people just a bit about the work you do and the things that you offer.
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, so the the project that I founded a few years ago is called the Seasoned Year, um, yeah. and that really came from my experience of, of moving out to a much more rural way of living and really feeling like i experienced the seasons of the year um more vividly than i ever had before um, so here in portugal we're in southern europe but we still have the four distinct seasons um, that i you know grew up with in england spring summer autumn winter um, and i began to really pay attention to them um, when i started finding out more about traditional chinese medicine and five element theory Um, and to start to understand how they um, characterize the different seasons um, as having kind of distinct emotions and um, relationships to parts of the body and um, certain kind of symptoms that are associated with and that kind of sent me down a rabbit hole of of just finding out all I could about the seasons and becoming really interested in how they impact us Um, and then I think recently I've really connected that project um where I you know started a blog and started to send regular emails um every full moon and every new moon um I think recently I've, I've really connected that to to saying that actually if we can live more seasonally it's not just good for our minds and our bodies um it's actually much better for the earth and it for me it's become this real guide to trying to live Um, in a way that's maybe a bit different from the way that our culture encourages us to live which is all about relentless doing and relentless buying Um, and to kind of think about um, how we can connect to the rhythm of the year and maybe change our habits a little bit so that's Mm. the the one part of of the work that I do Um, and then I also um, I think I said earlier that I'm a writer Um, so I also work with different clients mainly small businesses or um, entrepreneurs who are working by themselves Um, and I write and share all sorts of things like blogs and newsletters and emails and, and just generally help them put their message out into the world um, and so that's how I got to know Jajaze.
0: <laughs> yeah and 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 we wanted to talk just a little bit about some conversations we've been having and I know that Ziada has also joined us. Hi Ziada.
2: Hi guys I'm sorry we're <laughs> stuck in traffic. Hi <laughs> it's Ziada. Okay. Hi. It's good to talk to you guys. Just carry on, I'll jump in. um, Sure, sure. So
0: we wanted to share a bit about some conversations we've been having recently. So um, at Jadazza, we've recently um, launched something called the Mastermind, which is like a small group program. And Madeline and I have been a part of that. And I've been kind of holding the space for it and facilitating it. And madeline has been going through the process. And we wanted to talk a bit about some of the observations that we've sort of had about the ways in which we work and, and 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 things that have come up in that process and just to share them a bit and talk through them a bit on the podcast and talk to the other about them so yeah um Madeline let's um maybe jump into that a bit and maybe you could just tell us a little bit about um your experience of that process that we've been through we're in still in the middle of it but in the last yeah month or so we've been going haven't we
1: yeah yeah I mean yeah it's been it's fair to say I think it's been quite a profound process for me (laughs) Um, and I'm laughing because I kind of I kind of expected it was going to be but um, yeah I definitely I think I didn't really didn't really appreciate um, quite how different it would be Um, so yeah I've I've been aware of the the of course you know involved in the work that that we've been doing with Jadazze for a while now um and really I guess started thinking about um how my well-being is connected to the impact that I'm having and, and the work that I'm doing in the world. And I think it's taken me a little while to get my head around that really because Ooh. I think I've always been someone who's quite motivated by reaching goals. Um, I like to work fast. I'm a fast talker, a fast thinker um and the idea of kind of slowing down or even stopping um, was quite counterintuitive for me um, and I think when you first mentioned the mastermind to me my kind of instinctive well I had two instinctive reactions my first reaction was to say yes I want to be part of this because that's what I want to always say <laughs> to everything mm-hmm. And then my second reaction was oh no there's no way I've got time for that actually you know I've got a really busy um, diary already you know I don't have time already to do the work that I want to do let Mm. alone to add another thing on top of it um and I think that was almost my first actual sign that that I needed to look at this kind of work a bit more because when I took a step back I said to myself well the mastermind is about my own well-being and taking care of me and it's it's pretty interesting if I feel like there's no way I've got time for that because Mm. You know, this isn't like something that's going to take hours and hours every day. It's it's like, you know, we've been meeting, what, we've had three, four calls now. and um, You know, it's for a couple of hours, like every couple of weeks. Um, so it was, I think in a way, the fact that I, I felt as though I didn't have time was a clue to me that this was actually something that I really needed to mm-hmm. do. Um, and, yeah, I think since then it's really what's, what's taken me... Um, What's pleasantly surprised me is is how, how how little I've needed to just kind of pile things on with doing the mastermind. You know, it hasn't been about like having extra things to do or extra calls. I think instead it's given me, uh, it's kind of deep, given me a deeper layer of my decision making process when it comes to all kinds of things in my life. Um, yeah
0: great. <laughs> that was my first thought. And my but my second thought is um, it might be interesting like to share a bit about like how that's happened, like how it's given you that um and, mm. and what's maybe just a bit about maybe what's come up for you along the way might yeah. be interesting to people.
1: Yeah. Um I mean I think we we start off by just kind of bringing awareness to what's going on um and I think well I'm sure you know a lot of people out there will be able to relate to this but a lot of the time I don't want to be too aware of everything that I've got going on <laughs> because you know I might realize that actually I don't really have enough hours in my day to get everything done <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and um you know I think I um have tended to you know really think about my 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 work world as being like this entirely separate universe from then what I want to be as a mother and a partner to my husband and a friend to my friends. And then there's like this kind of entirely separate universe, which is where I do things for myself, like read books and go for walks and spend time on my own. And, um, you know, I think I have very high standards for myself in all those different areas and that works really well. So long as I never, Actually, look at them all together <laughs> because actually, um, you know when I do then i I realize that that, yeah, I do ask quite a lot of myself, particularly in terms of of my time, and I think um, what being in the mastermind did was really make me aware of of well, you know when do you make time to rest and when do you make time to replenish yourself um, and when I started looking at, at everything in that more holistic way, I realized yeah I do I have this idea that I'll rest when I've got time or you know I'll, I'll go for a walk when I have a free afternoon and I mean that just never happens
0: <laughs> no. no right absolutely yeah. sure so the mastermind is our like in-depth group process that we we're currently running the first ever one that we've run and Madeline's a part of it so it's a group of up to 10 people and um, it's like regular calls every couple of weeks from through a period of it's almost three months so yeah through a period Mm. of time and in between there's a few exercises that everybody does and some some materials to read and stuff and the idea is to take people much more deeply into well what does it mean to um, kind of reconcile these parts of us that want to have an impact in the world and the part of us that knows that we we want to take care of ourselves and be well and kind of take that beyond um, the sort of the, the maybe just occasional actions to look after ourselves <laughs> into asking some questions about things like why is it that we are constantly saying these things to ourselves, like Madam was talking about, like, I'll do it when I've got time. Why is it that we, we are in this patterning or this this kind of habit of constantly putting off the things we want to do for ourselves until, you know, the bottom of our list or and that kind of thing. So, like, actually getting into those dynamics and looking at them both personally, so, like, what is it in us that is allowing that to happen and also looking at them kind of culturally as in what is it in our culture and that that expects us to kind of work 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 and then maybe take a rest when we're really exhausted probably when we're already too tired and maybe we've already burnt out and can't go on anymore so like looking at those stories more deeply and building ourselves really like some new um structures around that so new habits yes about like what we do day to day but also some some new thoughts and ideas about how we could approach the the intersection between our well-being and our impact in future so how we might frame things differently for ourselves and the people around us so that we're not constantly on this kind of oh i'll get to doing something to look after myself eventually when i've finished 500 other things so yeah so it's basically going deeper with the work we already do at jazzy which is always about this topic but it's like taking it to something yeah a deeper deeper level and hopefully hopefully therefore leaving people that participate with it in a place where they're able to make very different choices in future does that chime with your experience so far Madeline
1: (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely I think you've described it very well there
0: (laughs) good (laughs) and yeah yeah, and so if people want to join they can Go onto our website, and if you follow the work with us link, then there's um, there's information about the mastermind there. So, mm. and I think it's also slash mastermind you can look at as well. So,
2: so is this like um, is it like a, a um, a challenge you have to partake a challenge for a number of days?
1: I mean, it is in some ways <laughs> it is challenging. Um, okay. so the 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 mastermind itself, no, it's um, it's more about we meet for group calls, um, and kind of follow um, well, a, a map that Marianne has
0: made. Um. <laughs> um. Yeah, so we we go through like some some topics in the, in what we call the process map. So the first one, like Madeline already mentioned, is awareness. So it's like building our awareness about all the places in our lives where we're currently maybe not able to um, have a balance between the impact we're trying to have and and the well-being we want for ourselves and maybe our family as well. And then we also look at, like, bringing our awareness to, like, what's going on around us, so in the organisations where we work, the culture that we live in, like, where is our well-being, like, being pushed under the carpet, basically. And then we move to looking at, focus and what are the things we really want to be focused on in our lives so what impact do we want to be focused on and also um what's you know what what is it that we want in terms of our well-being because so, it's different for everyone right and then we look at the different strategies that we could use different actions we could take and how to build habits from them and we look at strategies for reflecting and seeing whether we're making change happen for ourselves around these issues. And also more generally like how we're creating change in the world and making sure that we're um, reflecting on it and not just kind of like blindly going ahead with things all the time. And then we look at how, um, and we haven't got to this bit yet in the world we're running at the moment, but we're going to be looking at how we model to other people, ways of working and ways of being that are, kinder to ourselves basically and allow us to be well and have an impact rather than what people often are telling us about which is sort of like expectations in organizations in communities in all kinds of places that kind of the best people are the people who like work as hard as possible (laughs) you know know? the best people are the ones that like are always busy (laughs) you know
1: yeah and I would add to that, actually, Marianne, in, in my experience that, um, you know, I'm self-employed, so I don't have a, a boss that yeah, I can blame absolutely. for these expectations. But I think, you know, when we're, when we're doing our own projects, running our own businesses or, um, you know, doing our own work, then uh, it can, you know, it can be just as hard. We can be so hard on ourselves, I think, and have such high expectations, um, you know, and added in that, that pressure around yet being a um a parent or a partner, you know, whatever that is. So, yeah, I think it's, it's really important,
0: this stuff, that we talk about it. And, and what it partly came out of the other as well is that, like, you know, as we got going with the project, we began to realise that it's one thing to, like, take a bit of time out and do that a bit more often, focus on some of the things you enjoy to do. And, then, and that can, can make, like, a little bit of impact in your own life. But if we don't tackle the sort of bigger structural things about why it is that particularly women, but so many of us are like constantly feeling like we've got to do all the things and there isn't time for me. And when there is, it's like a snatched moment here or there or I'll do it at the end of the week or I'll do it at the end of the year when I've got a few days off or whatever it is. If we don't tackle the sort of bigger story, which is that we're all expecting ourselves to be busy and get everything done and, that's what we think is impactful. That's what we've learned is impactful. If we don't tackle those bigger stories, then what we can do for ourselves is only really ever like kind of a little nice icing or plaster sticking on a big wound, you know? And the bigger thing is, is that like, we just live this life of kind of trying to be all the things and do all the things and believing that the harder we work, the better we are in some way and and the way that we believe that and the way it shows up for us is different but the story the way the, the way that story drives us seems to be a pattern and and it seems to be i think if anything like a a a very, a, a very pronounced pattern in people that are female and want to make a difference in the world i think precisely because those two things are both sort of indicators of it you know So I want to make a difference. So, I want to give as much as I can. And then also I'm a woman and therefore I'm expected to give as much as I can. And when those two things come together, you know, um, uh, yeah, we're, we're finding a lot of examples of people who get pretty exhausted and burnt out with those stories. (laughs) Does it make sense? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. It does.
2: How did you get to pinpoint that that is exactly what you wanted to do? and you're doing it right now, because I mm-hmm. feel like um, a lot of us finding that one thing that you want to do, and you, you're sure that this is what I want to do, and you stick to it. Um, half of the time, it's sort of you're half-stepping, half and you're, you're still not, you know, sitting on the fence, and you're still not sure, but you manage to do that, and you're doing something that you that you love. Talk to us about
1: that. Yeah yeah it's definitely not a straightforward thing at all I would say um, so yeah I, I, even though I've always loved writing and I've always been a you know a writer of, of stories and journals and, and diaries since I was a kid um, it's only in the past few years really that that's become my my work um, so um, I used to work in local government when I lived in England just after I'd I left university I went and, and worked um, in the education department um, of local government um, and specifically I worked around special educational needs so I would work with lots of schools and parents and teachers and trying to make sure that children with different levels of disabilities or special educational needs had the provision they needed at school so um, that was what I did for a long time and, and it was a, a job that involved a lot of writing and a lot of communicating but you know writing wasn't in my job title it was just what what I did to, to um, do the best I could in that role um, and so then after that I had a bit of a, a break when I left London and um, ended up going self-employed um and I started off being a virtual assistant so I just kind of provided general admin um, support for entrepreneurs mainly and for small businesses just kind of helping them out um with the technical stuff with being online um and you know I did that for a little while and eventually kind of admitted to myself that the part of my job that I really enjoyed was writing and actually I'd really love it if I could call myself a writer and just do that all the time um so, you know, I think that that also is a bit of a lesson in um, how, how easy it is to end up doing everything that you can do or everything that you're asked to do um, because, you know, it feels really good to help people and it feels really good to be needed um, and to, you know, have people be, be really grateful for the help that, that you're giving them. Um, and, um, yeah, it was definitely, it, it took a little while for me even to admit to myself that actually there was one thing that I really wanted to do and then to realize that if I wanted to just do that one thing I needed to say no to all the other things even if I could do them and even if people wanted you know wanted me to do that other work I had to be really disciplined and, and say no and trust that I would be able to take this path that I wanted to um, so yeah I, I think it definitely it's not easy to, to pick the one thing that you want to do and you know I don't think I don't think it for a lot of us it doesn't happen overnight it's not something that you know you have a dream when you're a kid and you just end up doing that I think lots of us end up taking a kind of winding road to get there and part of that is is learning what we actually want and then yeah being okay with not doing all the other things um yeah but yeah I feel very lucky now it's uh it's definitely a good place to be in and you know even at first I guess when I first was self-employed, I was just grateful to be doing any writing, and I just, you know, would take whatever work I could get to get the experience and and to be able to make connections. And again, you know, it's only more recently that I've been able to say, well, I really want to work with people whose values are really aligned with my own, and to really feel that that the clients that I'm working with are doing work that I really want to be seeing in the world. Um, so I think it's always a process, really, of of kind of getting clearer and clearer about what I want my energy to go into and um, mm. for me and for the rest of the world.
0: It's definitely still something that I still have to wrestle with. And it's, that's one of the things we <laughs> talk about in the, yeah. in the Mastermind as well. It's like the saying no to the things that aren't really the things you want to do. For me, that's been like a, a big journey. Mm. <laughs> I don't know about you, The other.
2: Ever since we got 2018, remember I told you this year it's all about commitment for me. So yeah. when I know that this, I cannot perform here, or even if I know that I can actually do it, but maybe I don't have time or I have a yeah. lot, you know, I have a lot that, to handle and I can't do it, I just now that I can stand up and actually just say no yeah <laughs> it's still hard but you know you'd be like oh, okay maybe but then later on <laughs> you just come out and be honest and say no and i think it's just one step at a time you can just uh come out and just be like no 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 no, and everyone knows that you you were once this yes person <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so true and actually I think the maybe yeah. I'll get back to you is actually yeah. a really important step because once you <laughs> say that they know it might not be a yes and it might, yeah to say no but if yeah. you don't do the maybe if you just sort of if you just kind of go all oh, right that's the that's the that's the thing that's the worst exactly you're never
2: going to you're never going to take that turn so i think yeah i've started with a maybe like "Mm, i'll get back to you (laughs) (laughs) maybe just put it there and then then i'll see what i can do it's a practice yeah it's practice definitely
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've even found like I've had to learn a bit of a new language so like just today someone messaged me to see if I could do some work and and I wrote back to say no um but I realized as I was you know writing this message that you know all my all my language around that is like I'm so sorry I can't do this and and I was thinking to myself like oh this isn't really very empowered it's not that i'm sorry you know yeah. it, i was able to say you know i would love to help you with this but right now i don't have any space and it, yeah. yeah it felt like having to fumble my way through it and as i was writing i thought gosh i have so many ways to say yes to things <laughs> yeah but it's so
2: difficult to say no and then you yeah. you feel like you need the need to apply apologize exactly you don't need to apologize because it's just it's a professional no
1: (laughs) yeah exactly and I think I'm excited Marianne about you know this next bit when we're going to be looking at that how do we model it because I think it's important every time we say no and and you know don't apologize we're also we're showing other women and other professional people like it's okay you can say no and, and that's fine absolutely
0: I love that idea of the professional no it's
2: a professional be. no it's nothing personal about it
0: and yeah. that's where we get caught actually it's so such an important point because we get caught yeah. because often we think it's per. we feel it's personal when it isn't you know we get caught. yeah in thinking like the professional and personal is sort of a bit messed up like that and we feel like if we say no we'll feel bad for the person and da, 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 da. yeah exactly yeah. yeah or the
1: people won't um, like us and you know yeah. there's this this whole kind of um you know being like a nice a nice woman a nice sweet lady <laughs> and I think yeah there's this this underlying thing of like oh but what if they think I'm a horrible person well, that's crazy they've you know yeah. us for our professional input and of course yeah professional night. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely
2: and in, in, the, in your journey as an entrepreneur what has been uh, the biggest challenge you would say or what challenges um, you
1: I mean, I think probably what we're talking about, really, I think. Um, mm. Yeah, I think I'm quite a self-motivated person, so I I don't really struggle a lot with getting things done. I mean, I'm sure like everyone, I, I procrastinate about things and put things mm. off. But um, Yeah, I think it's been more about really having those boundaries um, and getting really clear about what I want and being really OK with with saying no to, to that, um, you know, to anything that doesn't fit with that. Um, and I think that there's also this um, conflict that I have as someone you know I want to make change in the world I want to to make a positive difference in the world but I also have to be realistic about the fact that I'm the breadwinner for my family so I also have other priorities you know it's really important that we (laughs) do have money so that we can live our lives Um, and so I think sometimes there's kind of balancing all those different priorities but um you know I think when when things get really difficult then I think well you know when I worked um when I had a a boss and a job description and a salary like life was still hard work was still stressful (laughs) I don't think you can really escape from that if you're someone who cares about what you do and you want to make a difference so you know I think it's it's I'm lucky really lucky that at the moment I'm kind of getting to choose choose my problems and choose my stress and (laughs) it's all stuff that i love to do really
2: i do envy you when it comes to choosing your problems and your
1: (laughs) and your stress (laughs) <laughs> you? you know when you're employed you can choose those <laughs> yeah, yeah but you probably. know I think the other thing is the the grass is always greener isn't it I think that's always yeah, true
2: absolutely 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 <laughs> yeah when you can no longer take you know the pile of stress and you just need yeah. to make a choice
0: <laughs> and also yeah. there is something about when you work for someone else I think I don't know I perceive this because mostly I've either been working for myself or I've been you know, quote unquote the boss, but um I perceive this thing of like if you work in a bigger organization that that you can kind of like there's this thing of like oh everyone's really annoying or you know like everyone's getting in my face or whatever. There's like all this you can load it on other people. And when you work for yourself, it's actually all you <laughs> so this yeah. like navel gazing of like you know, you still have problems, but the things that you can't actually chuck them at other people so easily. (laughs) So Mm. you're like, oh, it's me that didn't do the work, or it's me that filled my day with all this stuff that I don't want to do. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like that. Yeah. So not saying that the grass is greener. I I don't mean I want to be employed, but (laughs) (laughs) I just mean you don't get to blame other people so easily. You can kind of blame oh, wow. your clients,
2: but not in the uh, same way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay, at least you have someone to blame other than
1: yourself. Yeah, you think yeah. You're wrong.
2: <laughs> was it wasn't my fault, it was the clients, or
1: <laughs> And I think because I always worked for really big organizations, right? I worked for like my local council or I, I did some work for a university and um yeah there's like it used to annoy me so much those kind of directives from like way up the organization you know like this is our vision now and, and you just kind of get sent that and you feel like it's been imposed on you but now some days I just think I can't come up with a vision <laughs> I wish somebody <laughs> would send me an email <laughs> and tell me and I could grumble about it and complain about it but <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> it's funny the things that you miss you know I used to hate commuting to work as well and now I even miss that like having that space between my work and my home and having some yeah. of things or mm. you know if I rode my bike or if I was on the bus I could read a book sometimes I look back on that and think you know I didn't appreciate commuting enough <laughs> which probably you don't want to hear Ziada if you've just been sat in traffic <laughs> oh yes I don't
2: you know you, you have to be you have to be quite clever about
1: it like what time should I
2: leave what time should I make it back home <laughs> the
0: strategy around your commute <laughs> Oh yeah, Islam so, is like nothing on earth. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, it's bad. It's so bad, so <laughs> bad, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because
2: we, so we yes, we because we don't really have you know so many routes. It's like almost mm. it's a one way or it, it it it's just ridiculous. So once you're stuck, you're just stuck, and you don't have life. an yeah you don't have an alternative really. You know <laughs> that's where you have books and books in the car so you can. <laughs> catch up or well, <laughs> people we catch up with in, your, in the car there because you know, the that's when you like catch that. up with your with your TED talks and everything else yeah series. that's what podcasts are for. that's true
0: we should yeah. have a campaign like podcasts for the jam you know like <laughs> <laughs> that. that's when
2: you catch up with everything news oh, oh. my god so thank god for technology
1: <laughs> yeah. and you know so, as someone who yeah. works making content i'm just thinking wow like do we have enough content in the world going to people stuck in traffic the Stuck in traffic, right?
2: <laughs> what's what has been your biggest lesson you know along along the way from then till now and as you continue mm-hmm. through the journey
1: Oh, it's kind of hard to pick a biggest lesson. There's probably just so many that I've learned. Or you still learning? Way. Yeah, I'm completely, yeah, definitely still learning. Now, I think yeah. one of the biggest lessons I've learned actually is how um, important it is to be really clear about what it is that you want and mm. just to have the patience, you know. Some of the things... Um, some of the things that that are in my life now you know it's been like five years six years longer than that sometimes um for me to have have got them um so things don't happen overnight or at least they haven't happened overnight for me (laughs) I didn't wake up one day and you know have this this life that I have now but um it's definitely been helpful to to just allow myself to have that dream in the first place and then to to tell myself that if i just work hard and do a little bit every day and um you know learn and, and don't be afraid to make mistakes that actually it can be quite amazing how your life can change i think that's probably Absolutely. the biggest thing
2: yeah there. And our uh,
0: beautiful last question is usually,
2: <laughs> you know, Mariana. I love you know that I
0: love asking this question. Yeah, so yeah. Much. Please go ahead. <laughs> I'm loving. I'm really looking forward to hear what Madeline's gonna say.
2: Yeah. So how? Uh, so when when you're not running, you know, around with copywriting and content and so on, as Madeline, how do you take care of yourself and how do you relax? <laughs>
1: um well I it's probably not a big surprise but I love to get out in nature um so even just sitting outside having a cup of tea or going for a walk um is something that I love but you know my my number one pleasure that um I really really enjoy is what I think is a bit of a lost art which is the art of doing absolutely nothing like not reading not meditating nothing at all just sitting and watching the world go by watching the clouds Mm. drift across the sky um and just kind of letting my thoughts wander and I have to say since becoming a mum that kind of doing nothing time is even more of a luxury (laughs) yeah
2: absolutely yeah just staying still right (laughs) yeah I'm
1: a big advocate of just doing nothing and um yeah I think the the more of that in my day the nicer I am to be around
2: (laughs) Mm. Yeah, I think I'm with you with that one, doing nothing. (laughs) It's like my favorite pastime. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's really good and you know I think like people say to me oh you know it's, it's wasting time my husband will say it to me you're wasting the day and I'm like no this isn't a waste this is my favourite thing <laughs> really I think that's what life that's what all the hard work is for for those
2: moments yeah. for those moments exactly I love
0: that it's a brilliant way to finish the show especially when yeah. we've talked about all the things we try to do <laughs> <laughs> so Madeline, thank you so much for being with us and um uh, we've enjoyed having you and having having this conversation and um yeah thank Absolutely. you
1: so much it's been such a joy to um spend time with you guys so thank you yeah thank you so much for having me it's a real honor to be on your podcast and people can find you. you at the, your
0: yeah. blog is the seasoned year right Sorry, I should have asked you to say that before. TheSeasonDeer.com, is that what it
1: is? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I'm the TheSeasonDeer on Instagram. Um, Yeah, come and find
0: me. Cool. I'm on Facebook as well. Thanks, Madeline. And our theme tune over and over was written and performed by Eleanor Brown, who you can find at EleanorBrownMusic.com.